0: I would be like Jesus, daily growing, always be more like Jesus. That is in this life and in the life to come, there is never a stopping place. And if we are in the fifteen trillion trillionth year of eternity, we still grow and be more like Jesus. Can you imagine? Incredible. And our life becomes more and more perfect. But there's never a stopping place. That is the wonderful thing of the Christian life. Never a graduation. Always developing more like Jesus. And therefore, this morning, we speak about the revival as it is in Jesus. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Pour your Spirit upon us in full measure that we may see what a revival is as it is in Jesus. In Jesus' name, Amen. I thank those who have worked on this week of prayer, especially those who have prayed for the speaker. And you know, it makes a difference. This week I have felt in peace even if I was working till one o'clock in the morning. And why? Because the Lord impressed me to make some changes. I don't know why. But thank you for giving me the peace in Jesus. And so today, revival as it is in Jesus, what is it really? You know, even the... the expression, as it is in Jesus, we inherited from our past, especially when we had some difficulties and controversies in our church in the 1880s, and then with the Kellogg problem. And, and you know, from time to time we have those things. As it is in Jesus. The truth it is in Jesus. And, uh, of course, the Bible explains it in a little different way. It focuses on Jesus, our Savior. And in Hebrews 12, you find that in your Bible, a marvelous statement here. And there in Hebrews, chapter 12, verse 2. It encourages us to looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He is in control. Do you see that? He is the author and the... (laughs) and the finisher, for who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and be discouraged in your soul. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, Striving against sin. Now, Jesus didn't have to strive for his own sin. No. He strived for us. And the book of Hebrews tells us in a beautiful way that it, crying in crying and supplication, he cries to the Lord. Incredible. The sinless creator of the universe. And that's all what he did for us. And therefore, Paul says here, Hey, listen, we have not yet resisted unto bloodshed. The Lord has. Praise for Him. And then, if we turn to the next passage in Philippians 2, it's a very familiar passage. It's in the context of problems in the church. What are the problems? Actually, the encouragement here. In uh, chapter 2 of Philippians, verse 4, let each one of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for what? The interest of others. And then it says here, let this mind be in you, which also in Christ Jesus. And so here is the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ who is totally unselfish. who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of man. Being found in the appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God also has highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that in the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and those on earth and those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Because of this immense sacrifice, therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, But now, much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. So it is not easier to be saved than lost. It is a tremendous struggle. But we, a couple of days ago, said that no matter what we did, we can't even convert ourselves, we cannot repent of ourselves, we can do nothing of ourselves. The next verse says it. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure, are you responding to the pleasure that God has in his mind for you? That's the question. And so, friends, this morning, as a final conclusion of this week of reflection, let us see what it means, revival as it is in Jesus. What is the character of revival in the light of Jesus the Christ? What is it? Did Jesus experience a revival? Did he? Think about it. You know, I mean, I realize I, you know, you have to give those titles weeks in advance. (laughs) I thought to myself, hey, uh, did Jesus really need to have revival? No, no. He's sinless. He is filled with the Holy Spirit right from the beginning. So, no, he didn't need a revival. What, in what way is revival connected with Jesus? If we talk about the truth as it is in Jesus, what does it mean then if the truth is revival, revival as it is in Jesus? Jesus gives the proper shape and nature of revival. It should be in harmony with Jesus. Fully in harmony. And so don't look at your neighbors. Don't look at me or somebody else. What is revival? No, look at Jesus. Now, he doesn't spell it out on the surface. But when you study the word, the treasures of his infinite treasure chest will be revealed. Don't read about what others have discovered. We have so many good books that we can write as help. But friends, in my estimation, my first priority is for the best. And not the good, but the best. And if I have still some time left, then I spend time with the good. Because if we fail to be spending time with the best, We miss out on life. And so Jesus sets the standard of revival. And so this morning, now let us look here what the standard of revival is. Of course, we dealt with true-heart religion, and that is definitely necessary, a revival of primitive godliness. And now we are looking at the revival as it is in Jesus. Now, here we have a challenge. And, uh, you know, the Spirit of Prophecy has over 800 references to this. Uh, I haven't accomplished all, so what I share now with you is the best I can do at this time. But it has been a rich blessing. Thank you for inviting me, because I have grown this week. Grown this week. I felt the power of the Lord. And praise. I I, I enjoyed praying with some of you and know the struggles that you have. And friends, Here it is. The truth as it is in Jesus can be experienced, but never, what? Explained. So I may as well shut up and (laughs) sit down and you think the rest of the hour. No, it is the experience, really. You read about it and you get all kinds of suggestions, but unless you have experienced, you haven't. Gotten the message. Its height, breadth, and depth pass our knowledge. We may ask how to in our imagination to the utmost, and then we shall see only dimly the outlines of a love that is unexplainable, that as high as heaven, but that stoop to earth. To stamp the image of God on all mankind. Wow! How can you do this? You can only reflect upon it and in our imagination reflect about it. And this is sanctified imagination. Not imagination caught from the tube or from all kind of sensational stories. No. Focus on Jesus. Focus on the Word and let your imagination go. And in prayer... The Lord will create images and ideas that you have never had before. And don't feel that you're insufficient, that you need to get it from somebody else. No, the Lord wants you to have this experience. At the time I read a book and said, hey, I thought I was the first one that discovered this. But the joy for me is that without any human help, with the word of God, I discovered it for myself. And friends, those discoveries are sweet in the mouth. Sweet in the mouth. A revival as it is in Jesus. This revival will reveal Jesus' love. The love of the truth as it is in Jesus means the love of all that is comprised in the truth Christ taught. Let none leave the love of Christ out of their labors. No matter who you are, whether you are the president, the vice president, the janitor, the cook, the cashier, whatever you do, you do it in love to the Lord. And therefore, an an uninterested, boring job does not exist in the life of a Christian who has a revival. He uses his vocation to witness about the Lord. And I tell you, I mean, sometimes when I follow people in a in line of cashiers, and sometimes how I hear some of the remarks that are being made, and people that are, are angry for certain things and, and, and they treat the cashier not nicely, you know, what do I do? And the next one, I said, sister, the Lord is with you. He will help you. Thank you for not getting angry at your customers. You know, I mean, there are so many things for witnessing. The same in every office. Friends, there's a revival as it is in Jesus. This revival reveals Jesus. Present the truth as is in Jesus, made plain the requirements of the law and the gospel, tell the people of Christ's life of self-denial and sacrifice, of his humiliation and death, of his resurrection and ascension, of his intercession for them in the courts of God, of his promises, I will come again and receive you unto myself. So you can see here, friend, how important it is to be immersed in the life of Christ. And you will see how many times you can share it to encourage others. But it focuses on Christ. So everything we say, everything we do, there is a connection with our Lord and Savior. Isn't it wonderful? But you know, this doesn't come by night, overnight. I tell you, I mean, I, I have read about some of the things and whatever and, and how beautiful it is and how you really have to be I went to the seminary, the doctoral studies, but I didn't, you know, I didn't even pay attention to the truth as is in Jesus. All the facts that you have to cram in your mind, to, you know, and there are very few facts that talks about the truth as is in Jesus. And then, as a pastor, I did many, many things, good things. And I hope that some people were blessed. But I did not catch the truth as it is in Jesus. And you know, once upon a time, a number of years ago, I came across a book. It was the missionary book of the year. And it says, Jesus said, dot, dot, dot. HMS Richards, a whole series of evangelism. And every one of our doctrines, he started out with what Jesus said. Interesting, isn't it? How frequently we just don't do it. We use the Bible and all kinds of texts. But starting with Jesus will take some exercises. Our minds are not programmed. But the more they are programmed and reflect upon the love of Jesus and his compassion and what he meant to us, the easier it is to share Jesus. You believe that? Absolutely. (coughs) And so here, revival as it is, the, character, the obstacles to this revival, because it is a revival, cling close to your Bible, for it is sacred truth and purity, enables and sanctifies the soul. You must hold the truth and teach it as it is in Jesus, else it is of no value to you. Now, I have to admit, when I got baptized, I knew a lot about the doctrines but I didn't know it. It was of some value, but in comparison to the value it could have, is very insignificant. And so before the light of God's truth, let human opinions and ideas and human wisdom appear as they are in the sight of God, as foolishness. Interesting, isn't it? It was swingly Who studied all the philosophies and whatever, and then he discovered Christ. And when he related his experience, he said all those philosophies and theologies were only obstacles to seeing the truth as is in Jesus. Wow, isn't it tremendous? And so, here then, revival as is in Jesus, obstacles to the revival. There are veins of truth yet to be discovered. But spiritual things are spiritually discerned. Minds be clouded with evil, cannot appreciate the value of the truth as it is in Jesus. So here is an obstacle. And what is this obstacle? It is harboring sin in our lives. And as long as we will cherish this, we will not appreciate, we cannot appreciate this, the truth as it is in Jesus. When iniquity is cherished, men do not feel the necessity of making diligent effort with prayer and reflection to understand what they must know or lose heaven. You know, if we read what God has revealed to this church and then the question comes up, you know, is it really necessary for salvation? I can give you another assignment and study this very carefully. That was what Josiah discovered. If we don't do it, what will happen to our life? I said, you know, big thing. What, what is it? You know, I mean, eating and drinking and whatever we do. Friends, if we don't make the proper choices in foods and drinks, what will happen? It comes being it absorbed in our blood circulation, the nutrition or the junk is being transported to on the cellular level, the absorbed, and confusion is the result. And why? Because the Holy Spirit works through a frontal lobe. The synaptic electric chemical reactions of our neurons. It's being affected by what you eat, what you drink, whether you're regular or not, the way you sleep, the way you exercise, all of those things. Now you may say, you know, is it a matter of salvation? I tell you. There's one statement that if we, with a stomach full with not the proper things, go to our board meetings, when it is yes, we vote no. And when we vote no, it should be yes. Oh, I mean, we are wasting our time. And the Lord's work is being obstructed. So all those little things, friends, do matter. Truth does matter, even in the, le- in the little things. Now, it will not say that you lose salvation, but you will lose out on much of things. You may be saved as through the fire. That's what the New Testament says. But is it sad, you know, to be saved as through the fire? Instead of being a vibracious Christian, yes, friends, revival presents the Savior's love, and you can only do it if you really experience that love. As a people, we are to be reconverted, our lives sanctified, to declare the truth as it is in Jesus. In the work of scattering of publications, we can speak of the Savior's love from a warm and throbbing heart. God alone had the power to forgive sins, and if we do not speak, this message to the unconverted, our neglect may prove their ruin. You can see where the rubber meets the road. In our day-to-day actions, and unless day by day we consider the cross and you never get tired of it because every time you consider in your imagination the cross, when you see Jesus there, not simply dying for the world, but for you. And every day when you fail or make mistakes, his blood needs to be applied. But at the same time, that blood was given for everyone. All your co-workers who are not in Christ. The people that you meet in the street, in the shops, on vacation, everywhere. They are instruments that the Lord provides to become more like Jesus. More like Jesus. Oh, friends, if we had the compassion that Jesus had for humanity, and if we don't reach out, if we are too shy, there is no shyness with a born-again Christian, because God works to do it to will have His good pleasure. Revival in the light of controversies. You know, most of those statements actually come from the, um, at least a major part of the four volumes that were uh, uh, published uh, to commemorate the centennial of the 1888 uh, General Conference. And constantly she says, the truth is in Jesus, the truth is in Jesus. Why? Because there was a tremendous conflict going on. And here it is. The correct interpretation of the scriptures is not all that God requires. It may help, but it is not what God requires. He enjoins upon us that we should not only know the truth, but that we should practice the truth as it is in Jesus. Now, anybody knows the story of the 1880 controversy and also the Keller controversy. It was fighting and fighting and fighting. And then the prophet was moved in vision to one room in the hotel and to another room. And what she heard was incredible. The joking, the putting down and whatever. And the prophet says, you know, this is enough. He packed her suitcase. They went, go, back to Battle Creek. That night, the guide says, no, you unpack your suitcase. They haven't rejected you, but they have rejected me. Don't worry about the result. You are their witnesses. Amazing. Now, I haven't been in your rooms, you know, and the Lord didn't show you what took place last night. I'm glad I don't. Because it may have given you a burden. But, friends, this is the thing. This is the thing. It is not the correct theology that will help us in those matters. We are to bring into our practice, in an association with others, the spirit of him who gave us the truth. How did Jesus deal with his opponents? You know, I'm amazed how, how patient Jesus is in all those matters. Except until the last one in Matthew 23 that he said, you know, your scribes are Pharisees, you know. And and, and he really scolded them. I think I would have done it right in the beginning. (laughs) You know, I mean, that is my nature. I'm very straightforward and people know. And I have to pray, Lord, keep my mouth. But this is it. Be more like Jesus. And the Lord has given me tremendous victories. And yet... In my enthusiasm, people think that I'm you know of the oh no 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 it's simply you know sanctified enthusiasm. Ah, that is how I see it, but <laughs> now why can I now be much more calmer in other things? Because the Bible decides all controversy. Believe, believe that here. The Bible insp- inspires all true revivals. And so therefore, there doesn't need to be a tremendous conflict and controversies. The Word of God is the great detector of error. To it, we believe everything must be brought. The Bible must be our standard for what? Every what? Doctrine and practice. If we say the Bible has not is silent on those things, those practices, that is nonsense. The Bible is our standard. And if we don't see it, then we have a lack of spiritual discernment. Very, very clear. We must study it reverently. We are to receive no one's opinion without comparing it with the scriptures. Here is divine authority which is supreme in matters of faith. It is the word of the living God that is to decide what? All controversies. Past present and future. And don't think that we are out of mess. Things will continue. Continue no matter what. But we can be composed. We can be revived in a special way because God's word will be our platform. And my revival and your revival must be based on the solid word of God. And we know that God wants a revival. And the only thing that prevents us is are we available? Because if God brings a revival in your life, friends, I mean, you know, you may as well put your seatbelt on. Because He may take you where you have never wanted to go. Hey, you don't worry about your retirement and said, Lord, I have to keep this position because you know I have accumulated so many years. Don't worry about it. None of the apostles had any retirement. And the Lord took care of them till the very end. The same like the pioneers. So we are so much more blessed, basically. But sometimes those blessings can keep us from giving everything to the Lord. Revival as it is in Jesus. It presented truth in a simple and forceful manner. Now you may say, you know, yes, but I, <laughs> I'm shy. No, 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 listen. Into our planning for this evangelistic work, We must put all the powers of mind. We should spare no effort to present the truth as it is in Jesus. So simply and yet so forcibly that minds will be strongly impressed. We must plan to work in a way that will consume as little means as possible for the work must extend to the regions beyond. So what we do here... Keep in mind Africa, keep in mind Russia, keep in mind Asia. But it is here, it is the simplicity. But why are we can be forceful and emphatic about things that we believe? Because we have discovered the truth that is in Jesus. If we are not, we don't have this. So friends, we can be be propelled with a power that only the Lord can give. It involves medical missionary work. It's interesting. It is essential to teach the students how to do missionary work, not only by pen and voice, but by practice in its various lines. There is around us a community that needs to be taught how to cook, how to treat the sick. By doing this line of work, we practice the truth as it is in Jesus Teachers and students need to learn how to do this work. Isn't it interesting? So you can believe the truth as it is in Jesus, but you have to go further and practice the truth as in Jesus. And this simple thing of helping families to live healthier and better is one of the best tools that the Lord has given us. And why is it so good? Why should it be involved in a true revival? Revival reveals Christ's way of ministry. Nothing will help us more at this stage of our work. A hundred years ago. know, yeah. maybe, maybe that is the reason why we say, yeah, that, that, that is only for the 19th century. No, she continues. No, our work, the stage of our work, that to understand and to fulfill the mission of the greatest medical missionary that ever trod the earth, Nothing will help us more than to realize how sacred is this kind of work and how perfectly it corresponds with the life work of the great missionary. The truth as this is in Jesus. Jesus preached, taught, and healed. In fact, he spent more time in healing than anything else. Why did he do it? Breaking down prejudice. Showing the love of God, the compassion of God to suffering humanity. Yes, our church started out in the 1860s with the health reform vision and then continued more and more and more and we got more and more involved. And yet, you know, what today? Today, in a departmentalizing of everything, that is for the health department, that is for the doctors, that is for the nurses, I'm here. Is that God's plan? Is Christ divided? No, the greatest happiness you will get in walking in Christ's footsteps. You believe that? So if you are revived, you cannot put it aside. When I discovered this, after I already got my PhD, I decided, hey, this is a vital element, because I definitely wanted to get more and more in the path in the past and this is what we needed, but I didn't have it. So I prayed to the Lord, and he decided to, you know, he impressed me. I was in a good way. People talked to me. Yeah. He says, Domstick, you're making the greatest detour in your life. You have a career now. You jump on it. He said, no, I'm going to get some more education. What education? More like Jesus. There you go. We went to Loma Linda and uh, got sufficient uh, uh, training there. And then when we went to the ministry, all our ministries, all our work there, all our evangelism was in the context of this. People say, oh, it doesn't work, you know, it doesn't work. And we made friends, community, whatever, and I was, with God's help, the first one who had a five-day plan on Capitol Hill. But the Lord's fantastic. One of the ladies from Capitol Hill couldn't make it. She says, Pastor, would you like to have it here on Capitol Hill? I said, okay, let me look in my agenda. You know, you don't need to be <laughs> you jump on the occasion. <laughs> I said, okay, yeah, we can work it out. You you organize the room and all elder. Oh, yes, no problem. And the whole thing was packed. Shortly after that, in Northern Virginia, the uh, county approached me and said, you know, we like what you do. Would you like to work for us? You know, good pay. Much better pay than for the church. But what is money? No. And I've continued to do this work till great blessing of the Lord. And hundreds of people have seen the gospel. So don't tell me that it doesn't work. But you have to believe in it. You have to practice it. Yes. We have come to a time when, a what? Every member of the church should take hold of medical Is here Are here non-members? Oh, I don't see any hands, so, I mean, you... You get the point, you get the point, right? Of course, you know, in in my thing, it was beautiful that I married a wife who was interested. We both went after our honeymoon was going to Loma Linda and joining the School of Health. That was our honeymoon. One weekend and the rest, you know, study. But I have been blessed with the best woman in the planet Earth that the Lord has for me. Revival as it is in Jesus. True revival brings converts. What was the result of the outpouring of the Spirit upon the day of Pentecost? The hearts of the disciples were surcharged with a benevolence so full, so deep, so far reaching that it impelled them to go to the end of the earth. They proclaimed the truth as it was in Jesus. Hearts yielded to the power of the message. You know, if you present Jesus in the message, the Holy Spirit can soften this. And that is the work, for example, medical missionary. It softens the heart. And then you have to, you can't just stop with just the medical attention. In your people, you have to go on and give glimpses of Jesus. Revival of it is in Jesus. It attracts people to the cross of Christ. Now this is extremely important. It is the light shining from the uplifted cross that alone can attract the hearts, heavenwards. We must present the truth as it is in Jesus. Uplift the cross. Jesus says, if I be lifted up, I will draw. And if Christ is not lifted up, you can teach doctrine after doctrine after doctrine. And it's here and not here. That is what needs to be done. We must be imbued with the spirit of truth, the spirit of Christ. There is no power in humanity to draw humanity to Christ. We are as iron that cannot attract unless... It be magnetized. We must be sanctified through the truth. If we would have a sanctifying influence upon others. And that is what the revival does, friends. Are you willing to be magnetized? Are you the magnet in your neighborhood? Oh, yeah, but, you know, I don't know the people. Hey, why not make a good whole wheat loaf of bread and share it with your neighbors? They may be shocked because you have been living there for 15 years and now suddenly you come make bread. But it doesn't matter. When the Lord touches your heart, everything is possible. And now at this time, I would invite the Josiah here in the audience to come and help me because he is a man who instituted revival. The platform now, the platform that will not end with this administration, will continue. And I would like to share the pulpit with our brother, friend.
1: Thank you, Pastor Gamstree.
0: I don't know about you this
1: week, but my heart has been touched. Simple presentations from the word of God and from the spirit of prophecy. Messages that help us to be more like Jesus. Revival as it is in Jesus. And you know, Pastor Domschtig asked the question, are we available? Are we available to let the Lord truly use us? Bill sang such a beautiful song this morning, I would be like Jesus. Help me, Lord, to daily grow more and more like Jesus. May this building portray Jesus through each of our lives. May people who come here understand that we know Jesus I want to recommit my life this morning to knowing Jesus better to spending more time in his word to taking more time to pray to being available for Jesus to truly work in my life you know the uh beautiful passage which Pastor Dumpsteig read to us about the story of Josiah, Second Chronicles 34. The last three verses of that chapter, and the king stood in his place and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and with all his soul to perform the words of the covenant which are written in this book. And he caused all that were present in Jerusalem and Benjamin to stand to it. And the inhabitants of Jerusalem did according to the covenant of God, the God of their fathers. And Josiah took away all the abominations out of the countries that pertain to the children of Israel and made all that were present in Israel to serve, even to serve the Lord their God. And all his days they departed not from the following from following the Lord, the God of their fathers. I want to uh, covenant with the Lord today. Do you? Covenant with the Lord that we will stand for him. In just a few days, we're going to Battle Creek and we will enjoy some tremendous lectures Jim Nix and David Trim and others have organized for us. We will be commemorating the 150th anniversary of the official establishment of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. That sounds all official and nice, but it's a really sad anniversary. And hopefully, as we look back, we will look forward. We will recommit ourselves to this incredible, unique task that the Lord has entrusted to the Seventh-day Adventist Church to proclaim the three angels' messages, which focuses upon Jesus and his righteousness and to allow Jesus to truly take control of us, his people. This morning, we're not going to have any dramatic uh, altar calls, nothing that will embarrass anyone or potentially cause discomfort. But you know, Josiah asked the people. I in no way pretend to be Josiah or a king or anything else. I'm just a humble servant like you are. But God has called us as Josiah challenged his people. To stand for the Lord and to make a covenant. Are you willing this morning to stand in making a covenant to the Lord, to be revived in Jesus, to be reformed in Jesus, and to allow the incredible revival that we long to see happen before the coming of the Lord, to let it begin With you, with me, and right here in this building. Are you willing to stand to that this morning? I'd like you to take another two minutes, find someone close to you, next to you, and earnestly seal this commitment with the Lord in prayer. Just a short prayer, quiet prayer. Ask the Lord to help us to be more and more like him. For truly, we are nearing the end of time. And the Lord wants to do something extraordinary, and he will. Are we available? Please pray together. Remain standing, and I'll close with a prayer as we have our prayer time. Please pray together. Lord, you've heard these prayers. They're prayers of commitment and a covenant with you. We long to see Jesus return. We don't need any more anniversaries to commemorate The church as an institution on this earth, we're grateful for the way you have led us, incredibly grateful, and yet you have longed to come far before this time. What is preventing us, Lord, from seeing you in the clouds of heaven? Our own stubbornness, our own pride, not being available to you, and so, Lord, we submit to you. We humble ourselves, we pray, we seek your face, we turn from our own personal way and we look to you. And so, Lord, as we make this commitment this morning, we thank you for working through Pastor Dumpsteak. We thank you for the messages Pastor Fagel, through song. We thank you for the word of God and the spirit of prophecy. We thank you for the impressions that the Holy Spirit makes upon each of our minds. And now, Lord, before we close this prayer, we take another moment of silence. to Just allow each of us to make things right with you so that we will be truly and completely available to you in this great Advent movement. Listen, Lord, to the quiet confessions and to the commitment of each of us here this morning. Lord, I ask that you will seal these commitments to you now, Make each one of us truly a tool in your hands. May this building be different because of this week and because of our own willingness to spend more time to be like Jesus through his power. Lord, we commit ourselves completely into your hands. Change us, reform us, all through the grace and the power provided to us through the righteousness of Christ, his justifying and sanctifying power. Thank you for hearing us, and may we see you soon. We long to be with Jesus. We ask all of this in the name of our creator, our redeemer, our coming king, our best friend, Jesus Christ.